everybody, and welcome to Ideas Sin. My name is Denise, and I am so excited because today I get the the luxury and the opportunity to have my brother on the show today. And so this is going to be a lot of fun because obviously I grew up with the guy, and so he knows a lot about me. I know a lot about him, and so. I get a chance to talk to him about something that he's always had a passion for. And I've, I've seen it and I've been able to share in that passion. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun. So I'm going to introduce to you my brother, Christian, who goes by Chris, but sometimes I'll call him Gitian. So in the event that you hear that, just realize that that's what I used to call him when I was a little girl before I could roll my R's. It was just Kithian instead of like Christian mm -hmm. or Chris. So, <laughs> so yeah. So here's my brother, Chris. Hey everyone. Um, I'm very glad and excited to be on this show um, to talk about passions and like what drives. And once again, being here with my sister, you know, growing up together, we've had, you know, we've experienced a lot of highs and lows. Um, so we've, we've, I don't know, it's, it's easy. It's a good chat. It's a good, like, it's like nothing. It's not anything different than what we normally talk about. So I'm very glad to be here. Very glad to be a part of this experience. Um, and very excited to see where it goes. Yeah, me too, because I have no idea where it's going. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, one of the things that I've always, always like known you to do is uh, to play video games, which a lot of people can relate to. And there's mm -hmm. always like mixed opinions about playing video games. And so it's funny because like I used to play video games with you and, and then you decided to go to school for like video game programming and all of that. But what mm -hmm. initially even got you attracted to video games? Like of all the random toys and activities we used to do, like why video games? Um, that I actually, I thought of it myself. Um, like what was the first one? What was that one game, that one thing where it was like, you know what, that was it. Um, and I've narrowed it down um, to actually three different games, um, but for their own individual reasons. So way back when, I guess what was like the first like, you know, sticking my toe, you know, in the water of it was way back. I'm Pokemon. <laughs> oh yeah. Pokemon Red, <laughs> yeah. Blue, and what I got was Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. And I remember that was the one thing after seeing it that I was. Um, I reached out to my parents. I'm like, hey, like this one. Like I know, I know we both know that they were planning on getting us like something like that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what, this one here, this nice little special edition, you know, <laughs> yeah. but um, that was the first like dip into just video games as a concept as a whole. Um, I, I do remember like some old Atari like further back, but it wasn't, it's hardly memorable, but, um, but with Pokemon um, playing Pokemon yellow and going through the game and playing it all, um, it was a good introduction uh, with Pokemon Yellow, though, that more so got me more interested into Pokemon like as its own category rather than gaming. But it did say that, oh, hey, you know, video games, you know, they're they're not bad. Like, I'll I'll be open to it. And so uh, moving further on, it goes to like, what is it? PlayStation one, we had a PS2, we had a PS1, and, you know, we, we would play on it, but it was never, once again, really enough to get me hooked. But what 
did get me hooked was um, a few years forward. This is when it was, you know, Xbox, PS2, and things like that, and GameCube. Oh, and yeah, I forgot so, about that one. <laughs> yep. And I wanted to get a GameCube because our friends had it, um, you know, they were playing Super Smash Brothers and I was like, yeah, I wanted to, you know, get that, be, you know, in that. So I remember uh, Pop took us to, I don't, I don't know if you were there with us or if it was just mm. me and him, but we went to the, uh, the military base, the postal exchange. And we're like, all right. So we go in and it was like, there were no GameCubes. They were sold out. Um, there were some PlayStation 2s and all that. And I was like, I was like, damn, like this sucks. Like this, like it, it was a little soul crushing. And Pop was like, oh, well, hey, here's this um thing. It's like, you, we can get you an Xbox. I was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's do it. Like whatever. <laughs> and like, yeah, it, it wasn't like at that time and looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, that was a little kid, the, the naivety of being a kid. But I got it and it came with like, like an introductory demo. Um, there was like a Star Wars game on it. Um, but then I ended up getting a nice little game called Halo. Mm -hmm. And that playing through that experience was that initial, like with Pokemon where it was like dipping my foot in the water, Halo was like the plunge in. Like that was, you know, fully, I'm like, okay, this, if this is what it can be, um, then I'm all in for it, like video games. Like that's when it took off. Um, and then following Halo, there were other games um, that, you know, also appealed to my interests. Um, one of them was, oh, uh, Elder Scrolls uh, 3, Morrowind. Um, I remember playing with my cousin. <laughs> Morrowind? Um, I don't remember that the Skyrim one. one? Oh, uh, Skyrim. Okay, Do you okay. It was when, it was the one me and Justin, uh, my cousin, like, really got hyped about it was the game that we both stayed up to like two three four in the morning and then mom got mad at us because we were <laughs> running up the phone bill I know, right? so but that just opened it even further that was another deep dive because it was like all right halo it's good it has a you know story it's first person shooter but with you know morrowind that's an rpg that's like that opens up an, another like another door of possibilities and uh, it was really with the Xbox where a lot of doors started opening with different genres of games, um, game mechanics and things like that. And so that's what started my love for gaming as just a general whole. Um, now, what really defined it or what really narrowed it down, though, um, to um, a more specific meaning of video games, it wasn't on the Xbox. It was... Um, a PC game called Battlefield 1942, and it was like the game of the year edition. It had um, all the DLCs, so like everything was there. It was like What's a about DLC? a year old, so it was oh, uh, downloadable content. Okay, that would be for that game. That's like extra maps, factions, new weapons, you know. Um, and there were I think two two at that time. So and by that time it was well patched, so you know it was the perfect like starting point, and what made battlefield different than any of the other games um, especially in the first person shooter market because that's you know where it was tailored it was the sheer like scale and scope where if you're playing halo um it's very linear um there's only a certain amount of enemies at a time uh, but with battlefield the maps were wide in scale it was like as 
you know, wide scale open combat and things like that. And there were AI doing their own individual things and the mechanics and all of that. And when I played it, of course, like that, you know, opened up more doors of like why I liked um, gaming in general. But with Battlefield, it made me um, interested in how video games worked. How did mechanics, how did they make this? Like, how did this even happen? Like, how are you able to do all of these things? And that's what really inspired me to go into gaming in a more like technical nitty gritty sense to find out the workings of it, the mechanics. And from there, um, after those three games, it just, by that point, gaming was like a huge passion of mine. It was, you know, going into something that I really cared about. And I wanted to just know more about it and be more involved in it. And that prompted me to, you know, when I was going to college, um, at first I was like, all right, let me get my, you know, basic classes out, go to community college, knock it out. But I found that they had a, um, you can get like a degree in game design. And so when I saw that, I was like, awesome. Like, that's great. I can get my degree. I can get like an actual formal education. And I delved into it. And a lot of it was, you know, basic, you know, game mechanics. And I was making little flash games here and there, text adventures. Um, but what I learned there really gave me a deeper appreciation for uh, video games even further, because not only the technical aspect of it, but uh, writing a game script, writing, you know, the prompts, like uh, if you want to go on a larger scale, just the organization of the company, logistics, like that is a whole business or a whole like, you know, depending on a team that goes behind it. And it's not just, you know, of course, it's like as the person behind us, you know, a computer writing out the code and doing that. But there can be so much more that could be put into it um, in regards to production, scale, live action, animated. There were so many, there's so many possibilities to create a game and have it tailored specifically for anyone or just yourself, like even. Um, just knowing that all these possibilities are there really is what drove me to follow that pursuit. And although with gaming, with my degree, I didn't end up getting um, my degree in simulation and programming and all that stuff, um, although I didn't, I'll admit, I didn't really put it to use in a working standpoint, but whenever I play games, I'm able to see them in a different sight, in a different view than than the next person because of just knowing more so how something works. Like when there is like, let's say a character who's going through like a little cutscene or going through a hallway and it's an animation, I know it's like, oh, they're loading up the next stage. That would be like the perfect time. And like all these little mm -hmm. things that like nobody would consider or think about or it's like knowing the intricacies of like, let's say your favorite movie, like knowing how it worked and how in the stage. So um, having that still be a part of my life and having that like insight really helps me just continue delving into my passion. It doesn't really, you know, there's no dryness to the well of, of interest that comes from it. Yeah. And what I really appreciate is that I've seen you interact with a lot of these games and I, I know you're an intellectual, like you've always like, you always appreciated like technicalities and things. And that's, that's all new. Not all of it is new, but like 
some of those viewpoints that you shared are new to me in the way that you would perceive the game. And so, you know, me personally, I know that there are people out there that are like, oh, yeah, they're just wasting time, like playing this game and this and that. And some people do it and they don't necessarily always balance the time that they're playing. Um, and yep. obviously there is there's a point where it's like, yeah, you can play and really enjoy it and get lost in the storyline and all of this. But then once it starts, you know, uh, diving in and affecting your everyday life, then it's like, okay, you got to balance that out. So it's gotten a bad rap for it. Mm -hmm. But you and I have, interestingly enough, like my one of my old jobs was working at a at a startup where we used a video game like software to treat cognition. And so mm -hmm. that software was recently approved by the FDA to help treat kids with ADHD and has actually been released into like the app markets actually recently for adults as well. Um, so like a lot of people don't understand that when you're in a video game, you are still stimulating different parts of your brain. You're still stimulating your memory, your recall, your processing speed, because again, like you have to constantly keep your eyes open for different types of stimulus. So when you're playing a game, what is, now that your mind already knows the technicalities of how the game actually works, like mm -hmm. what is, what is your mind kind of going through whenever you're in a game? Um, when I'm in a game, uh, now and then, like it's changed over, over the years, over time. Um, at first, you know, before starting my education into gaming, it was more so just enjoying the experience, you know, just being a kid playing video games and just having fun. Um, and then when I started my education, it started to narrow in on once again, the technicalities, the how to's. Um, and then after that, it really kind of, I guess, broadened further back up. Um, so when I play, let's say when I play video games, one of the things I do or that I love more about gaming is like the immersion of it. So let's say I'm playing a, a first person shooter. By default, almost all of them have like a little crosshair at the center of the screen that you can see and it helps you point and aim. Um, I would turn that off. So is that like, because it, to explain it, that's like a target, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A target that you see on the screen, you know, if you put that over like anything, that's where it's going to go. Um, so I turn that off. Why? Because like, it's, I like, you know, the more immersive feeling of not having it there. If there's like, let's say your heads up display that gives you information, I'll remove as much unnecessary ones as possible so that I can get more screen space. Um, with settings, uh, if it's a game I'm rather familiar with, I'll increase the difficulty for it to give that extra challenge. Uh, but pretty much trying to make it as the most immersive experience as possible. Um, because even in that mode, uh, I'm still able to, you know, still pick apart those little details of, oh, this is how they made this, or this is how they did that, or the mechanics of it. But it still allows me to go further into the game itself and just enjoy it as an experience. Yeah. And so I have like two different, I have two questions already lined up, but can you explain yeah. like first person, second and third for people? Okay, so first person, first, second, and third person, I'll use an example. So let's say we're at an archery range, right? And 
you're there, you have a bow and arrow, and you have a target that's like, you know, 100 feet away. So in first person mode, if this was a video game and it said this is a first person video game, you would actually be from the first person perspective of the character itself. So you would see your hands holding the bow. Um, when you, you know, pull back the arrow, you're looking directly, it's as if in real life, like if you were to do this in real life, we see in a first person perspective. So a first person video game would follow the same, you know, direction of it. Uh, third person is where it is like, let's say over the shoulder, you see the character itself. Um, they'll probably, there may still be a crosshair relative to where they're, they're looking at. But you can see their stuff. You'll see a lot of this in role-playing games, uh, sports games, things like that, where you can actually see the character, their outfits and everything. Uh, second person is not a perspective that's used. Um, for example, second person in that scenario would be the bullseye perspective. Okay. So instead of seeing you um, shooting the arrow at the bullseye, you're the bullseye seeing your character shooting an arrow at you. Mm -hmm. So it, it doesn't, there's not, there's no practical, well, as far as I know, use for that in a video game. Yeah. And then the third person is just like a, a higher level view of the person. Uh, yes. Like um, you're not looking at it from like the character's perspective. You're looking at it as if like there's a camera behind them. Like mm -hmm. um, you'll see it with like Legend of Zelda um, and like those kinds of games, platformer games, especially. Yeah, and what's a platformer game? Okay, so a oh sorry, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, platformer <laughs> is a um, genre game. Think of, let's say, Super Mario Brothers. Um, you're jumping literally from platform to platform to get from point A to point B. Um, it can also be an element of gameplay for another genre of video games. Like you'll see platformer elements in, let's say, an adventure game or a role-playing game, um, even in a first-person shooter game as well. That can also be an aspect of it. And so from your, like, schooling and education, or even just from, like, your, your own experiences, like, what game do you think is the most challenging typically to put together? Like, does it, you know... Is there difficulty in actually creating a first person versus like a third person game? Like, are there differences in how you put that stuff together or is it all just kind of the same thing? Um, well, it really also goes about with how you approach it. Let's say for the first and third person perspective. Um, thankfully, a lot of video game engines, which is the software that is used to create the environment, game assets, the programming and all of that stuff, they will include a first person and a third person camera option. So let's say if you put a character on a map, you can go to one of the settings and say, oh, I want this in first person. And then the system will automatically go in a first person mode or third person. So that also just goes more, in some games you can do both. Um, in you know Elder Scrolls, you can go in a first person mode or you, know, you push a button and it you know, zooms back out to third person. And are there advantages to seeing your character in through the first person versus third? Like what are the, what are the pros that, and cons to, to both of those? It's 
very much on also a, a case by case. It depends also on the game itself. Um, there are some games where having a first person perspective would be, let's say, too disorientating, or uh, let's say in a role playing game uh, where you have this character who you buy all this new armor and all these new outfits, but you can't see them. So it's, you know, um, so with those two, like, it really depends on the type of game that you want to have. And that's also also up to the creator. It's like, do they want it to be a first or third person just because that was the direction they wanted to go in? Um, there are some, like, games where they would naturally work in a third-person setting. Uh, there are games where it would work naturally in a first-person. And there are some where it's flexible enough that you can do both. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when you're playing these games and then you turn back to the real world, how do you think that it's affected your perspective on life? Hmm. Um, oh man, how it affected it in life. That is a good one. <laughs> I know, life questions. <laughs> it's, yeah, oh, damn it. The curveball here. Okay, um, with real life, it's kind of given me a little more of an appreciation for, I guess, once again, the technicalities of, you know, how the real world works. Um, let's say if I'm d- just driving down the street, you know, I look over and I see like this, you know, huge skyscraper. I think, man, like what, what did they have to do to get that done? Like not just construction, not just like, you know, but there had to be paperwork that had to be like, <laughs> when did it go? Like, how did it <laughs> yeah, go yeah. from like someone being like, Hey, I want a building here. And then one just pops up immediately. Um, just the whole process of that. Uh, and just things that like also um, we as people and as humans have been able to accomplish with just our, you know, our engineering our science and like things of that nature and just how intricate it can actually work, but it still somehow flows together. Yeah. And it's funny because you say that and I'm exactly the same way. Like I'll go to different areas and I'll start looking at the architecture of things. And sometimes I'm like counting the beams and I'm looking to see where the beam placement is and the the lighting or the windows and this, like, yeah, I, I do the same thing, which is actually really funny that we both kind of think of that. Um, but I was laughing because you started off with like the paperwork. I never even think about the paperwork. I'm like, what kind of materials is this? Yeah, no one ever right. does. And, that, right. and for that, like that was when that's something I learned in school of like, oh, yeah, you know, you can. There's nothing stopping you from downloading free software and like creating a game yourself. Um, but if let's say there's like a triple A you know, title that comes out there was a company that like full a team of it could be hundreds of people multiple studios across the world all collaborating in like their own office which also they had to file paperwork for their own office so like how did <laughs> and then somebody filed paperwork to make that building so it's like like it's a it's a rabbit hole but <laughs> a lot of paperwork that's that's a yeah that's that that's just more of like the adhd like rabbit hole going down and it's like wait but wait a minute where did they get the paper (laughs) yeah what about the origin of paper and trees and then diving into nature (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) well i mean and and speaking of paper like we're not even talking about the money that it takes to actually Mm -hmm. make this stuff so uh from your perspective or just like your own knowledge or what you've studied like how much does it 
take to make a game or even from your own research, how much or what was the most that anybody's ever paid for to create a game? Ooh, so as for the most in like the most expensive video game to be created, I, I don't know offhand, but one of the joys about video gaming is that you can you can work with whatever budget that you have available most of the time. Like once again, like if you say I want to make a video game right now, you can go online, you can download like a free, you know, and thankfully a lot of these are engines and like these programs are open source meaning it's available to the public you just download it you have access to it um many times they'll have like a forum for you to post your game creations so that other people can see it or perhaps like i know with you know pc you can probably have like your own standalone um copy of the game and you can just post it to let's say steam or uh, the origin marketplace or like whatever platform that can support it and and what is steam but if you oh. oh um steam is a company uh they're known for well actually i've never used steam i haven't played pc so um, it's pretty much a marketplace to purchase a wide variety of games um they'll have their sales and it's a it's a very popular platform for pc gaming okay so yeah so then it seems like when it comes to creating a game, a lot of it is just like your own skill set or the skill set of the other people around you. And you can still mm -hmm. make like a really good game if you have the right people or skill sets yourself and just use the open source platforms and then just share it with people to get feedback, I'm guessing, get that user experience mm -hmm. testing in and then just kind of develop it from there. Exactly. Yeah. And with gaming, it's something that, it's up to you whether or not you want to continue supporting it after releasing it. Like you said, you can always go back, patch it. You can add more content to it. You can um, just pretty much you know, make make a sequel, make a prequel, um, do another version of it, do a, re a reimagining, do a spinoff of it. Like there's so many things that you can do, and it doesn't require like as many resources i mean it may also it, it'll take time of course depending on how much time you put into it how much time it'll take for it to be complete by you know your standards when you think it's okay to, to release out to the public um that's entirely dependent on you if like especially um if you're doing this freelance or if you're making an independent video game um of course if it's like let's say a company um like let's say bioware um, electronic arts, like one of the big corporate ones that would release a AAA title, uh, they, they're also following more of a business model. They have certain quotas to meet. They have certain like quarterlies. So for them, they, depending on some of the studios, they would have to release something to keep business going. Yeah. And so you, you, you've said AAA twice. What does that mean when it comes to video games? So those are probably the most mainstream games that you would see. It's the games that you would see commercials on in TV. Like Madden the ones that you would or see something? ads in. Madden, Call of Duty, um, NBA. Like it's something where like you can approach like many people about and be like, oh hey, have you heard of Call of Duty or have you heard of you know Madden? And if it's let's say for Madden, if it's you're talking to a sports person, they probably know of the game at least 
Whereas um, a smaller game, like um, there was a, in fact, there was a great um, independent game that I played was uh, Undertale. And it's a very, it's a very unique and creative game. Um, I'm not going to go into details of it, but it may not be more known to the general public. It'll have its fan base, of course, but you're not going to find as many people knowing what Undertale is versus like, let's say Call of Duty or Madden. Yeah. And so, but regardless mm -hmm. of how, oh, sorry, regardless of how well-known in the public it is or not, um, it doesn't determine, you know, for example, with Undertale, it's a smaller, you know, not as known game, but it was one of my favorite games. Like it, it was a great, you know, experience to go through. Um, so it's not always the most popular is the most, I don't know. It's subjective, but good. It also depends yeah. on what you know your interests are as well. But um, there's certainly a lot of diversity that comes with game with video games as a whole. So where would you look to find these independent games? If that's all you're used to is seeing the commercial products or what's in a store, or what's in the main, I don't know, like gaming apps. <laughs> yeah, uh, it really to start off with. I would also like, what platform are you going to use? Are you going to use um, a computer for your gaming? Are you going to use an Xbox for your gaming? Are you going to use a PlayStation for your gaming? Uh, even on your phone, like, you know, find out what platform that you want to use for your game experience, because some games are only limited to PC or they're only limited to PlayStation, only limited to Xbox. Um, so find out what platform you want to use first and then from there i would check out like whatever general marketplace they have and a lot of these marketplaces they'll have like an indie game section where it's the smaller games and a lot of them usually aren't you know as expensive as the you know main titles that you see which is also a um, a positive about indie games like you can find a really good experience for five ten bucks or like something much cheaper than like let's say a 60 to 70 dollar video game yeah and so just for the non-gamers out there each of these platforms have their own marketplace right and they don't necessarily talk to each other they're not like a an open marketplace where it's like okay yeah i go into the pc marketplace to download this game but it's not transferable to any of the other platforms right they're like their own standalone it, markets or are there markets that are mixed already? Well, it used to be like that where, you know, video games would have, you know, certain exclusives or there's video games that like you just would only be able to play just on PC or just on that. And there are some games and some studios that let's say are licensed or contracted to specific companies. Like let's say, um, like for example, PlayStation, they have their own dedicated video game studio so anything that they release is going to be under the playstation platform um, same thing for xbox same thing for pc uh, but there are more so now than ever there have now been more cross-platform games where you know a studio let's say you know once again like uh, call of duty or battlefield or they're like, all right, we can afford to reach out to PlayStation. We can release this on PC. We can release this on all of these platforms. So it also makes more uh, of a business sense 
as well. Like you want to cast a wider, a wider net, you're going to get more of an audience. So there's certainly cross-platform uh, titles out there. And more recently, there's uh, cross-play as a whole. And cross-play that's coming out in more recent games is where you can have two separate platforms, but you can still engage in the same game. So let's say you have PlayStation, I have an Xbox. We download, um, let's say Fall Guys. It's a you know crazy, wacky, fun-like platformer. Although we're on two different platforms, we can still join the same lobby. We can you know still play the same games despite that hardware difference. Yeah, I think a few years ago I was in that that rut where I was like, oh man, my games or my games, my, my friends are gaming. And then I wanted to play with you and Jasmine, but everybody had different systems. And I was like, I don't know yep. what to get. And I don't know which one is going to allow me to play with everybody. So, um, I just didn't end up getting one. I mean, I still don't have a TV, mm -hmm. so <laughs> it goes to show how much yes. I invested in that. But, uh, yeah, that, that was a tricky part because if you, Oh, actually, that's going to be a great question. Um, but yeah, for me, that was really difficult because it's like I wanted to connect with different groups of friends and different people, my family, and try mm -hmm. to play these games with you guys. But I couldn't because everybody was using something different. So for you, how has that affected your relationships or your friendships based on like the systems that you use? Um, even if... If anything, I'll go back to um, earlier in the conversation, like when I wanted to get a GameCube, like it wasn't there. So I had to, that was one of the first, you know, obstacles I ran into was not having the hardware to play with my friends who all had GameCubes. However, by going down that route and getting an Xbox, I was introduced to a whole slew of new people who I made friends with on that, you know, on that platform. And I was fortunate enough that, you know, all my friends who had GameCube, they all still lived close. Like we hung out like outside and stuff, you know, in real life. So that wasn't so much a concern that was being taken care of, but like having a whole new array of people to meet from all over the world and getting their perspectives, having these amazing experiences together, making these amazing memories, um, it certainly opened up, you know, a whole new window of possibilities and perspectives from so many different people. And that was, once again, another, you know, thing that I love about video gaming is how it brings people together. And now it's on a global scale. We can play from with, you know, other gamers from like different nations, different time zones, and all experience like the same the same game and, you know, have fun together and have these awesome memories to create as well. Yeah. I remember like we would play Halo and we would be connecting to different yep. people and, you know, there's always trash mm -hmm. talking and video games and stuff oh, like yeah. that, but that's oh, not yeah. always the case. And I feel like some people think that when you start playing video games or you get into that world, that it's always a negative thing that there's always like bullying or there's always like negativity involved, but you know, from my experiences and, and you obviously have way more experiences, like I didn't encounter that much negativity and yeah, there's trash talk and this and that, but it would always be balanced mm -hmm. and you still have ways to like mute somebody or block somebody if anything, or even report them in some of those games. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's always, um, especially nowadays, there's definitely options to really, you know, decide whether or not you want to engage with that person as a whole. Uh, let's say if we're in a match and, you know, somebody's like giving us a hard time, trash talking, whatever, we can like mute them, block them. And then the next round comes up or we just join another lobby and, you know, that's it. Like we may not ever see them again. Um, over the years, like, yeah, I've run into a lot of people and like, you know, trash talkers, people who like, you know, give you a hard time for like no reason. Uh, that's always going to be there. Uh, but that can pretty much be said of like any sort of like community, like any community has like that small minority who can like make it more difficult to experience it. But the vast majority of it, though, have been positive. Like they've, you know, had some very great moments some very silly ones and, you know, had a lot of good laughs. Yeah. Now, the people that you've met, have you online or like through the video game, mm -hmm. have you ever met any of them in person? I already kind of know this answer, but just in case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, there were. Um, it was during the Xbox 360, you know, era. Um, we were playing Halo 2 and 3. Now, here's the thing. I had it. I was on the East Coast. I had a friend who. One of them was in Kansas. No, one of them was, yeah, Kansas City, Missouri. And then the other one was in California. So when, after enough time when we hung out together, we decided like, hey, why don't we just, let's meet in person. Let's all go from like East Coast. They'll go from West Coast. We'll meet right in the middle, you know? And so we did. And I remember it was, it was one of the most exciting but terrifying <laughs> moments of my life because I'm like, this is going to be great. Or I'm not coming home. <laughs> like, I know, right? <laughs> so, but just, and this was like, what was so like, um, like fascinating was that this was, I wasn't with anyone. Like this was all on my own. Like I bought my own ticket. I did like all that, like, you know, mom dropped me off at the airport. But after that, that was like, all right, see ya. don't die. <laughs> That's it. See ya. <laughs> I'm no longer liable for anything that happens to you anymore. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was crazy, but I remember like, you know, heading into the airport, walking around, and and like we had our phone numbers at that time. We were texting each other saying, "Hey, mm -hmm. I'll be here at this time." And like, so we definitely had we still kept communication, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I ran into the first one from <laughs> from Cali, and we had our like. It, it was weird because like I didn't even have to ask. Like I just like I saw them, and I kind of knew I'm like, yeah, it, it's probably this person. And then, yeah, we introduced ourselves by our gamer tags to see that, <laughs> to see that it worked. Yo, um, uh, gamer tag five, four, I don't know, chubby. Yo, blaze it 420. How's it going? Flavor and 420. it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, sir, I work here. This is a Wendy's. It's like, ah, <laughs> okay. Oh, wrong me, one. But, yeah, but we did that. Um, and then we met our third friend and same thing confirmed gamer tags and like we hung out for a week and like we played um this uh it was a copycat of like minecraft and we spent all week same thing just gaming and like you know we went out we we checked out some tourist you know places went out to eat and all that stuff but like it was it was crazy like knowing that i'm in like i'm in the middle of the country with just random people who i've spoken to online and like we're just doing the exact same thing we're just gaming 
Uh, but it was a it was a definitely an exciting experience, definitely a memorable one. Yeah, and you've known them uh, for a long time too before you went out. Yeah, right, like yeah, for a few was, years, um, I think. A few years, yeah. You know, it was definitely some time. So, and it was something that we were talking about. Like, it was always like, oh yeah, you know, it'd be cool. Like, it was you know casual wishing, but like over time, it was like, hey, you know, we could technically do this. And then mm -hmm. we planned it out for like a month. You know, getting all the details in, everything scheduled, and then. It just worked out. Yeah. And I know some people are probably like, oh, my God, that's so dangerous and this and that. And I, I don't know. It, there's I always say there's kind of like a 50-50 there. It's like you have to use your best judgment. But I, I'm thinking about it mm -hmm. as, you know, with some of these games, you're not always on video. So you don't see what the person looks like. But I'm thinking yep. about it more and more in the fact that y'all are playing a game. And so you're, you're communicating a lot. You're getting to know each other's personalities yeah. a lot. And the other thing too is I know it's not like a high stress situation, but when you're in a game, you can be in, in such a high stress mode that you're sometimes you're responding and you're reacting. And that is like your initial, like authentic self. Uh, reacting yeah. to stress or, uh, to, or a stressful situation, so to speak. But I feel mm -hmm. like that would kind of give you some insight into how this person deals with stress or how they express their anger as well. So, um, you know, for you, that probably made it easier to say like, oh, no, that's fine. Like, I understand how this person's mind works. But, you know, mm -hmm. in real life, like we do that all the time when we go and we meet people or people who are are going out on dates. It's like, yeah, you see a profile yeah. and the pictures look nice. And what they wrote down seems super generic enough to be like, oh, they sound like a pretty decent person. Like, let me go meet them mm -hmm. wherever. <laughs> and then you meet this random stranger uh, that sometimes you've only ever had an interaction with like a few times, even just by text, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've done that before where I've been on dates with like guys who I've only texted with and I've seen pictures of, and then I meet them in person and I'm like, oh, wow, you're completely different than what I expected. Or, you know, when you mix mm -hmm. alcohol into the situation, like it can go either way. Like I've definitely left a situation because I didn't feel safe, but you know, yeah. I, I am, I'm only giving this example because I want people to remember that even though like you went and you did that, it's like, you've known this person for years. You've talked to them about a lot of things. Cause I remember walking in sometimes and you guys were like, yeah, talking about like family stuff or things that were really happening in your life that just, you needed to support one another in those moments versus, mm. you know, in real life, sometimes we make connections with people very superficially and we don't connect on an emotional or foundational level. Everything's very superficial, high level stuff. And we're like, they seem like a good person, but it's like, but you've never seen them in a stressful situation or you've never seen how they share emotions or share their struggles and things like that. So yeah, I, I just, I just wanted to throw that example out there because I know some people might like question that and be like, well, why are you going to do that? It's like, well, we do that stuff all the time in, in real life, yeah. you know? So, mm -hmm. but that's cool. I mean, do you still talk to them or are you still in contact with them? Um, not as much. And, um, and once again, like it could also just be like, I remember one of the reasons why I stopped using Xbox as much was the next generation. I ended up getting a PlayStation four. Mm -hmm. And so all my friends who had GameCube had 
PlayStation 4. So this time I was like, you know what? I can get it. I can afford it this time. It's I'm not. Yeah. And so I started playing more with them, of course, but that was also less time on Xbox and also just, you know, things like outside of gaming, you know, take effect, you know, changes in work, changes in relationships in real life. Um, that also has a factor, but it really goes down to like somewhat of a balancing act, um, what you're able to put in, where and how much. Mm-hmm. And your wife also plays a game, like games as well, too. Are you all using the same mm-hmm. like gaming system or what's that like? Um, no, no. What we have, um, we literally from the first time that we started living together, we knew right away that we're not going to share we're not going to share one TV. We're not going to yeah. share one console. Let's be honest here. Let's let's be pretty like let, let's cut the bullshit. Let, we all know what's going to happen. <laughs> I know. Um, so we each got our own TV and we each got our own console and we each have our own setup. And it's been like that since day one. Um, even now we have like our, our long enough couch for both of us. But we have like our two TVs, our two consoles, so we can play whatever we want either together or do your own thing and not have to be concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Is she interested in the same games you are? Um, some of it, yeah. Uh, we, you know, she also does first person shooters. She loves role playing games. Uh, right now, she's playing a uh, Baldur's Gate three. Um, it's a fantasy role playing game that just came out. Highly recommend it. It's really fun. Uh, check it out if you can. And. Um, And yeah, and like we've also, and that's another thing, we shared games over the years that like our interests have crossed paths. Um, I've started playing, like she's a huge Resident Evil um, fan Mm -hmm. where it's it's a series of horror games. I never played it. I never had any experience with it until I started playing that with her. And I was like, all right, it's, I, I get, I get it. I can see where the appeal is. And I've had some good moments with it. And same thing, she's played games that, you know, once again, Battlefield, like she never played it, but we started playing together and, you know, same thing, like she'll hop on every now and then when, you know, and then we'll just play that as well. So that's also a nice thing about, you know, gaming is that like you can learn about different things from different people. Mm -hmm. And how has that affected your relationship? Like, do you think that that's kind that's brought you closer because you have a shared interest in something or do you think because these games can be such solitary experiences at times that it's it creates like gaps within the relationship? If anything, um, it has it has made our connection like, you know, more it's made it stronger, more so by um, learning about each other. Um, learning about our, like, like you said, like you can learn a lot through somebody in those high tense situations. So let's say when, you know, I'm playing a, a first person shooter and I'm really into it and I'm getting really intense. Like I'll have certain behaviors that like, she knows, like she kind of expects, like she knows like what I'm usually going to play. She'll know whether or not I'll be interested in a certain game, like, and vice versa. And of course, with co-op games, that's, you know, of course, us working towards a common goal, you know, working together on things. And that requires a level of communication and teamwork that definitely encourages encourages that team building mentality to reach that same goal. Uh, just finishing games, you know, that have co-op. We One game that we played so much together is Resident Evil 6. 
Um, it's a very goofy game that, you know, takes itself too seriously, but <laughs> that's one of our most played games because we know the mechanics, we know exactly what we're going to do and everything like, and we play it at higher difficulties and knock it out. Like it's no problems because we're so in sync in that environment that we pretty much know what the other is going to do. Mm. Yeah. That's really cool to be able to read each other and just predict each other's like strengths and weaknesses in those different environments you do complement each other yeah that's pretty mm -hmm. cool what do you think is her strength and what's what's a strength of hers that's a weakness of yours and then vice versa oh, um i guess a oh geez I make sure <laughs> I know. I mean, I gotta and make this sure my... a word that I gotta make sure. Yeah. Um, if anything, um, Oh, in terms of gaming, here's a good example. Mm -hmm. Um, let's say grand theft auto five, mm -hmm. you know, we've played that game for years, like across multiple generations in our, let's say our friend group or, or in our little, like, you know, team or whatever. Um, she is always the driver. She's like, <laughs> yeah. like she beats me in every race. She's like, you know, great on the road and all that stuff. Um, however, whenever there's aircraft, whenever it's flying, I'm the guy who always flies. I'm the pilot at everything. Like everyone, mm. nobody at like, that's just in general. Like if there's ever a mission where it's like, all right, who's flying? Everybody points to me. Um, mm. So it's, it's a lot of cases like that. Like we'll have, um, let's say in a role-playing game, we'll have certain classes, like she'll pick, you know, she is uh, really great at a uh, being a healer of the team. Um, and so she always will get that role. And then I'll usually pick like, you know, some other support role or whatever one that complements the team. But she's always known as the dedicated, like let's say healer, because that's that's her bread and butter. She's great at it. So mm -hmm. uh, we definitely find certain roles that we fit in better than one or the other. Yeah. And then for role-playing games, RPGs, can you just explain mm -hmm. that a little more so people understand like what that difference is between, let me see, like maybe Call of Duty, is that considered an RPG mm -hmm. versus like World of Warcraft? If, you know, just, mm -hmm. you know, elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so role-playing games... Um, they cover a wide, it, it covers a wide description. Um, something that's very familiar in role-playing games is, let's say, the setting. Um, a lot of role-playing games are in a fantasy setting or in a space setting um, or something like, you know, variable between the two. Uh, you're always controlling, let's say, a character or a group of characters, and it's very narrative-driven. Um, instead of focusing on, you know, small matches and you know shooting things it's more of a longer experience a longer game um more story driven more character driven as well there can be let's say shooter elements to it where it's like you know um let's say mass effect um it is a a space role-playing game created by bioware it is very heavily story driven um character driven as well but it also has shooting mechanics. So there's also um, genres of games that can kind of cross over. But in terms of role-playing games, it's very much more story-driven, um, more like there's also inventory management for your character, what they wear, what they use, and uh, more so in that aspect. Whereas a first-person shooter, it is more so just that. Like um, it's more directed at like 
quick action, quick gameplay, um, and like those kinds of things rather than with an RPG, it's a more like longer drawn out experience. Yeah. And so like a perfect example of that is, you know, if we look at the basic sports games like the Madden or, you know, the NBA 4K, I'm probably dating mm. myself because I don't know what version they're at anymore. Um, but they're literally just playing the game. It's like, all right, let's just play uh, one match. And then that's literally it. There's no storyline to it. To your point, it's all just action, right? Versus yeah. an RPG, it's like, yeah, there's the storyline of, oh, yeah. like a Zelda could be like one of those, right? To some extent, exactly. because it's yeah. a storyline, you're trying to go save the princess and there's all this stuff happening. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. But I guess my question for you is, can some of these like RPGs or story based games, could they actually have an ending or could you really just play for as long as you want and not really encounter like an ending? Um. Well, you could always like replay the game, um, and that's one of the benefits of a role-playing game is that you can have different play styles and take different choices in you know what characters or like you know it gives you more options for replayability. Um, so, with role-playing games, um, it's a good way to delve into it more. So, get lost in the world, like you said, Zelda is a good um, is a good example of that. Um, where, but you can also just with uh, shooters, that's more of like, hey, I have like, let's say a few hours to kill. You know, I just don't want to focus on anything too heavy. I just want to like, you know, just kill some time. Um, but with also, you know, once again, as how uh, role-playing games can have a shooter element to it, a lot of um, first-person shooter games have, let's say, a campaign to go through where there is a story and all that stuff. Uh, you're just solving your problems more so with shooting rather than, you know, <laughs> puzzle solving <laughs> yeah i mean yeah and do you tend to gravitate towards one more than the other or are you typically just open to whatever game just piques your interest there's some that i kind of lean into more um, but there are times where i'll just see a game that just gets my attention it you know i don't know why or whatever it is it could be a completely different platform or a completely different genre of game but i'll give it a go and I'll just like, you know, I'll greatly enjoy it either way. Mm -hmm. And then playing this game, I mean, this is probably something I should have asked earlier, but when you're playing these games, how much do you think it's attributed to your like resiliency and, you know, just that commitment to continue to play or even your creativity or your adaptive mindset? Can you kind of explain a little bit how that's affected you or how that's, you know, been positive or negative in your life? Um, I think it's definitely helped um, more so with the, like you, like you mentioned before, it helps a lot with cognitive like responses and things like that. Um, let's say with first person shooters, it helps with, you know, you know, physical reflexes, you know, quick thinking, things like that. Uh, puzzle games allow for more like deeper, like problem solving and things like that. And that's also stuff that can apply in, you know, real life as well with some of the obstacles that you encounter, you know, just being out there. So there's a lot of positives and like um, things that could be pulled away. And not only that, it also can spark a creative aspect of you. You play a game that inspires you to delve more into that topic or learn more about that world. And, or perhaps you're, you know, 
you walk away still thinking about a character that you had an interaction with because they had such an impact that like now you want to know more about them. now you want to go back and replay it to find out or just see them again so it can certainly leave a a lasting impression in a multitude of ways and it's to just limit it to that like there's so many different ways that it can impact that i i can't even list it right now if i <laughs> if i tried yeah and do you think that there have any been any negative consequences from you playing video games um with that in terms of negative there are from my personal experience a lot of the negative experience i've had was like you know the annoying trash talkers or like the people that ruined like a match or something like that um it has been from time to time it's also like you mentioned way back in time management you know, you can um, lose yourself in a game and not do anything else for like, let's say that whole day, or like it can get to a point where responsibilities start to falter if you let it get too far. Um, and there are times where like it's, there are times where I've forgotten to do things or I've put things off to, you know, get just an extra hour in or something like that. Um, but over enough time, um, I've learned more so to try to balance it out, like make sure that any obligations I have are done first and then I can go into gaming and then I can do that. Like um, try not to, that's really one of the things to keep an eye out for um, just like anything else. Like you can uh, put, you know, too much time, too much effort in, and then it starts to decline in other aspects of your life. But thankfully with the time that I've been playing video games and the experience that I've had, I've kind of gotten used to a certain like mindset of like, just get everything else necessary done first then relax. Mm -hmm. So do you ever set a timer when you start playing just to be like, all right, let me make sure that I don't play for six hours unless you've literally like planned it. Like I'm going to go ham and get this game done this weekend. Uh, to a point. Yeah. There are, there are times where it's like, all right, I have a free weekend. So that's what I'm going to dive into. But it also just comes down to just having like your general schedule. Like, you know, I can play up until like, let's say if I work, on like let's say today like i have to start work like at whatever time and it's like let's say nine o'clock and it's like all right so i can put two hours into this and then get my other stuff done and like that's what i have to work with and then i just follow that and then just go to work and it it becomes like after enough times it just becomes more of a habit rather than something where i have to sit down and like plan it can just be something i do like as i go along and not have like a timer on the screen or some type of clock that goes off that's like ding 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 you gotta stop <laughs> yeah i mean I, I look at the regular clock sure um that's really all that i really do look at um there are of course options like with some games and some platforms you can do that and okay. uh, especially it's a great tool for parents if you get your kids a console look into that if that's something that you want to you know manage as well i highly recommend it but no after enough time like i just look at the regular clock and be like hey do i have to do anything in the next hour yes or no and then go from there mm -hmm. and how much do you end up investing in your gear like do you end up you know getting really cool covers for your remotes or do you end up i don't know like decking out your tv with like cool lighting like how much does your personal environment affect how you mm -hmm. play um, over time, yeah, I've, uh, I've invested a few things, a few accessories. Like I have like, you know, the light behind the TV, um, not so much, you know, decking out the, um, the console, but you know, I got extra storage so that I can 
save more games on it, not have to like, you know, delete one and then re-download. But that's pretty much the extent of it that I have so far. I mean, it does seem nice. I've seen some really great setups that some other people have had, but I'm I'm pretty content with what I have here. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've always been like pretty like minimalistic and just very simple with a lot of things, uh, you know, and then comparison mm-hmm. to like this, <laughs> I'm pointing to my background I mean, where there's nice. like that tons way. of random Ivy. <laughs> yeah. No, that, and that's cool. I mean, just talking to you, I mean, it just reminds me of like the Game Boys with Pokemon. And I was just thinking about that, like, man, like it would be interesting to see how well you do playing on a Game Boy uh, from back in the day after you have played Mm -hmm. with your video game on like PlayStation and, uh, you know, PS4. Like how has that, like how could that potentially change how you play those old school games because I'm sure that there's different mechanics to it. And even like the visual stimulation is probably different. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, with games, there's a wide variety of graphics and like, you know, art styles and mechanics. Just There's so many different ways um, to create a game. There's so many ways to go about it. Uh, but you know, to, after so many years, like I can still go back to, let's say my game boy, and still remember how it goes and still remember like what little like paths to take. And that's just from just playing it so much and having it ingrained in my mind so well that it just becomes second nature with some games. I can go back after all these years, pick it up and like, it's like I never left it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like somebody riding a bike. They're like, yeah, I just get back to it exactly. and it's, it's there. Yeah. I really want to get my yeah. Game Boy. It's been a few years that I've been like, man, I want to play my Game Boy. Like I just want it. And some people are like, you should sell it whenever you get it. I'm like, no, I want to play it. No. I want to have it here and just like get lost in it. <laughs> and actually use it. Yeah. <laughs> actually yeah. use it. Yeah. So I think it's still in storage, right? I have no idea. <sighs> I, have to, I have to check. We'd have to ask. Yeah. I'll have to check with Pop. You have a YouTube and... So I'll share that in the description. Uh, anything else that you want to let oh, yes. people know about or give them any tips or advice? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely go check out gaming. I mean, there's such a wide variety of options. There's so many ways you can play so many things. Just definitely give it a go. Um, see what you find that is fun to you and like explore it. You never know where it's going to take you. You're never going to know who you may you know meet and befriend and you can get a lot of great memories going into it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Githyan. All right. Well, I really appreciate your time. Thank you again. And for listeners, check out the description with all of the information that I have. He's got some great little tips and references, but that's it for today. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye.